Wow, I must have blacked out for a few minutes. Now, where was I? Oh, yeah, it's my first day in the Oval Office. You're Jessica Woodard, my White House press secretary. Yes, sir. And you're Jordan Fletcher, my chief of protocol. That's correct, sir. I'm about to meet the members of my cabinet. I'm in love with a milk lobbyist named Mae Waste, and the Joint Chiefs of Staff just blew themselves up. That should help any of you with short-term memory problems. Now, have you two figured out a way I can make some fast money out of this presidential gig? Mr. President, may I remind you that each of your actions has a direct consequence on virtually every citizen in the U.S.? You mean if I drop my pants, the people in Poughkeepsie will feel the breeze? Uh, That's not what I meant, sir. I urge you to take your responsibilities more seriously. Relax, you two. The voters of this country elected me to pretend I'm dealing with their problems, not to take those problems seriously. Do you think some of my predecessors would have lived in this house if people really wanted the best person for the job? He does have a point there. We don't elect Einsteins or Gandhis or even Teddy Roosevelt's anymore. Modern democracy is a reality show, and Americans are the biggest loser. That may be true, sir, but there is a certain honor associated with the presidency of the United States. Honor? You want to talk about honor? On the day I was born, the doctor turned me over and slapped my naked butt, so I challenged him to a duel. That's honor. When I was kicked out of the third grade for picking up the teacher's dress, I refused to tell the other kids she was wearing pink satin panties. That's honor. And when I found a lost wallet on the sidewalk with $400 cash, I made a point of returning the driver's license. If that's not honor, what is it? Easy money. Now you're talking, Fletcher. The life of the politician is the life for me Where I can get paid for hyperbole Oh, the life of the politician is the life for me I love getting paid for hyperbole We get junkets, gifts, and limos And many fancy perks With spin doctors to cover When we act like jerks We get free haircuts, meals, and even postage too Then make ourselves exempt from the laws we pass for you They make themselves exempt from the laws they pass for you Yes, the life of the politician is the life for me Cause I'd rather have the money than my dignity He'd rather have his money than his dignity There are scandals, deals, and kickbacks And lots of power grabs We can always count on voters To pick up the tabs I've assistants, pages, lobbyists And a staff of twelve Who'll gladly do the work While I enrich myself They'll gladly do the work while he'll enrich himself. Yes, the life of the politician is the life for me. And I know you'll re-elect us for eternity. But you're only getting everything that you deserve. Cause somehow you forgot that we were meant to serve. Cause somehow they forgot that they were meant to serve. Oh, the life of the politician is the life for me Cause I'd rather have the money than my dignity Yes, the life of the politician is the life for me Cause I'd rather have the money than my dignity He'd rather have his money than his dignity Stick with me, Fletcher, and I'll make a politician of you yet Sorry, not interested Oh, a man of integrity, huh? You should hold on to this one, would it? I have no intention of holding on to anyone, sir. And if I may be blunt, if you wish to hold on to this office, I suggest we get down to business. Monkey business? I'm ape if you are. You could be the gorilla of my dream. Mr. President, I'm trying desperately to hold on to my patients here. I knew an overly affectionate doctor who was always trying to hold his patients. Oh, hey, that was me. 
Now, tell me where it hurts. Sir, the people of this country elected you because they believed you could do something positive. Lighten up, would it? I've got four years before they rise up. That's a real comfort, Mr. President. You'll have to excuse Miss Woodard's passion, sir. I assure you she has only your best interest at heart and the best interests of the country. Well, as long as the two don't conflict. It's time we focused on your agenda. Last time I checked, my agenda was mail. <coughs> yeah, that's mail, all right. I mean your schedule, sir. As you requested, I set up an appointment with Mr. Fielding, the director of the Environmental Protection Agency. He should be here shortly. Mr. Fielding? You mean old WZ? Yes, sir. Good old Bill. Send him in as soon as he arrives. Yes, sir. And the Secretary of State needs to see you about an upcoming international trip. I'm being deported? No, sir. You have a diplomatic mission coming up, visiting foreign heads of state. Foreign heads? Who's going to visit the rest of them? Will I get a chance to meet Marie Antoinette? Uh, I'll leave that to Secretary of State Cabot to explain the details. If you're finished with me, sir. I'm finished. Was it good for you, too? Ugh. Jordan, what's the story with Miss Woodard? Do you think a beautiful, intelligent woman like her could ever fall for a beautiful and intelligent president like me? Honestly? That's a question you never hear in Washington. What the heck? I doubt it, sir. Jessica Woodard is a truly exceptional human being. In the ten years I have had the extreme pleasure of knowing her, she has proven herself to be one of the most talented, forthright, innovative, dedicated, loyal... And a bazoombas ain't bad either. With all due respect, sir, if you talk like that about Miss Woodard again, I'm going to punch you in the nose. You can't do that. This is the number one nose in the country. E proboscis unum. I'm sorry, sir. I, 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 I don't know what came over me. I do. You're in love with Jessica. I beg your pardon? You and Jessica. The Andrew News of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Passion on the Potomac, obsession in the Oval Office, ecstasy in the executive branch. You two could make a Kennedy blush. Believe me, Mr. President, my feelings for Jessica, I, I mean Miss Woodard, only extend to the profession. And I'm a member of the Swedish bikini team. You thought I should tell her for you? No, I mean, what would she say if she found out? Well, that's been my experience, and when confronted with a sudden revelation of love, women will either kiss you passionately or cough up a hairball. Remind me to show you my hairball collection sometime. It's quite impressive. May I ask you a personal question, sir? I have absolutely no idea how those sheep got into the Washington Monument, and I'll testify under oath that nobody saw me do it. What sheep? Never mind. What you want to ask? It's about Miss Woodard, uh, Jessica. Ask away, Fletcher. You're consulting the Einstein of emotion, the Freud of fraternization, the Steve Jobs of jug, the Bill Gates of gushiness, the Elon Musk of lust. I just want to know if my feelings for Miss Woodard, are they obvious? You'd have better luck hiding a donut from a policeman. I've worked side by side with Jessica for ten years. Every time she'd take a new position, I made sure I got transferred to the same place. I sacrificed my own advancement just to be able to see her every day. And you never told her how you felt? I could never find the right moment. After a while, all those missed opportunities started to pile up. An inertia of honesty, a big fat dump truck of hesitation, or maybe just a lack of guts. So tell her, what have you got to lose? Except maybe a dignity. But hey, we're in Washington, so who'd notice? Maybe after things settle down a bit. Don't con a con man, Fletcher. If you're waiting for a gold-plated moment, go propose to the sergeant at Fort Knox. It's just a case of gold feet, so drop the bullion, if you care at all. That's what I'm afraid of. If I don't time it right, she'll just make a joke out of it. Her 
speechwriter side will take over and she'll say something way too clever or too painful. There's something you have to learn about women, Fletcher. Deep down inside is their intestines. And deep down inside that, well, it's not a pretty picture. The point is, you have to be popcorn. Popcorn, sir? You ever see on pop popcorn? All these little hard shells that annoy people, stick in your teeth and hurt your gums. But when you get them near a flame, they burst open. Their inner side is revealed and that wonderful scent of anticipation fills the air. By exposing their soft inner core, they become irresistible to women, especially in a dog movie theater. So you're telling me the secret of romance is to behave like exploding snack food? Drop the hard shell, Fletcher. Tine up the heat. Let your soft insides burst out. She'll either love you or reach your heart out. Be popcorn. Be popcorn. Well, I guess it's worth a try. Do you think there's any chance Jessica could feel the same way? Well, I don't see why not. You're handsome, intelligent, sophisticated. Wait, that, that makes you practically me. Oh, I wish I had your ability with women, sir. All it takes is equal amounts of confidence, charm, and terror. If you don't mind my asking, Mr. President, have you ever been in love? Does Congress spend money they don't have? There have been many women in my life, but only one true love. Her name was Dell. Dell? Where did you meet her, if I may ask? She was a mail-order bride, a real piece of work. Was she beautiful? She was built. I'll say that for her. Where is she now, Mr. President? On my desk. On your desk? Jordan, meet Dell. Your computer? I turn her on, she winks at me. She makes everything right. I know I'm in her memory when she tempts me with her love bite. They say you can't love a machine. She's just metal wires and plexi. But my love's nothing obscene. She's just programmed to be sexy. I'm in love with my PC, my computer like no other. I can input when I please, knowing she won't output for another. She knows the Tigris and Euphrates can tell coupons from Kuwaitis. What do I need with other ladies? She's my main friend, can't you see? I'm in love with my PC. She never calls my database I can always speak her language Although she doesn't have a face In her spreadsheet I can languish She's the apple of my eye The flash in my hard drive I giggle when she googles And dream of streaming live I'm in love with my PC My computer like no other I can input when I please, knowing she won't output for another. So what if I don't know Rem from Rom, can never take her to the prom. I always know where she's coming from, she boots up just for me. I'm in love with my PC. They say software's never sensual Let them talk, I won't listen Till they've handled her peripherals And seen how her hardware glistens So I hope that you don't mind My tale of love robotic Sometimes love not only blind In my case, it's psychotic It's all about compatibility, Fletcher 
I, uh, I'm happy for you, Mr. President. However, returning to some semblance of sanity, I'm not sure I can tell Jessica how I feel. After all these years of working beside her, I, I wouldn't know how to broach the subject. Just leave it to me. If there's one thing I know, it's amore. In fact, I once wrestled a moray eel in my pajamas. But that's another story. He's back for a rematch. Well, I believe that's your next appointment. The Secretary of State. Mr. President, may I present the Secretary of State, Judd Cabot. A pleasure to meet you, Mr. President. Hi, Jessica. What's wrong with you? Uh, nothing. Um, do you like popcorn? What? Never mind. So you're the Secretary of State, huh? Do you take dictation? No, sir. That's okay. I'm not much of a dictator. Although the idea does intrigue me. Mr. President, as Secretary of State, my role is to establish your credibility with world leaders. Boy, do you have a job ahead of you. The Undersecretary and I have booked you on an international tour of diplomacy. One day at the White House, and they're already telling me to get out of town. By the way, where's the Undersecretary? He should be here any minute. He's trying to get you frequent flyer miles. Great, but I don't want to fly transvestite airlines. You wouldn't believe how long it takes them to change planes. Hey, Kevin! There you are, odd fellow. You know it's not polite to keep the president waiting. Sorry, I had to help the Secretary of Transportation change a flat. Did you check the president's itinerary? No, but I got a schedule for the trip. Well, that'll have to do. This thing really confuses me, Captain. What's so confusing? For this diplomatic mission, the president flies to seven foreign countries and meets seven foreign leaders. It couldn't be easier. Yeah, but I keep getting all those foreign leaders' names mixed up. It's easy. His first stop is in South Korea, where he meets with President Hu Yu Min. Then he flies to New Zealand for discussions with Prime Minister Robert Watt. The next stop is Japan for a summit with Foreign Minister I don't know, followed by a trip to China for trade talks with the Chinese Deputy Premier He Some Guy. Then on to Germany to meet with Franz Gesundheit, a side trip to Russia to negotiate with Trade Minister Nakatov. His last stop is in London to discuss policy with Deputy Minister Edmund Wright. You see how easy it is? Let me get this straight. Who's the guy in South Korea? Yes. Who? That's what I said. You said who? Who you mean? The guy in South Korea. Yes. What's his name? No, what's the guy in New Zealand? I'm not talking about New Zealand. I'm talking about South Korea. Who's the leader of South Korea? Exactly. What? What's in New Zealand? I don't know. Japan. Let's start again. I want to know the name of the president of South Korea. Who? The president of South Korea. Who you mean? I don't know. He's some guy. No, some guy's in China. How'd we get to China? I want to be in Korea. Fine. So what's your question? Let me put it to you this way. If I went to South Korea, they'd tell me who was in charge. At least until the next election. What? He's in New Zealand. Knock it off. Well, you have to go to Russia to see him. Who? I told you, he's in South Korea. South Korea? Right. Right's in South Korea. No, right's in London. What? What's in New Zealand? How should I know? I'm asking you. And I'm telling you, what's in New Zealand? I don't know. Japan. Okay, let's forget about Korea. I want to fly to Germany and see the foreign minister... What's his name? No, what's in New Zealand? I'm back in New Zealand. I want to be in Germany. Just tell me the German guy's name. Gesundheit. I didn't sneeze. I didn't say you did. Then tell me the name of the guy in Germany. Gesundheit. Knock it off. That's Russia. What's in Russia? No, what's in New Zealand? I don't know. Japan. Japan. Okay, let's forget Germany. Let's say I want to go to China to meet the premier. He's some guy. Right. Well, you're getting confused again. Right's in London. What? What's in New Zealand? How the heck am I supposed to know? 
I'm still trying to meet with the Chinese premier. He's some guy. Who? I keep telling you who's in South Korea. Who? Now you got it. Who? The guy in South Korea. Who? Exactly. Who's the guy in South Korea? Has been for years. Who you mean? That's right. I thought that was the guy in London. He is. Who is? Right here. Right is what? Well, of course not. They're two different people. Who's two different people? Don't be silly. How could he be? I don't know. Japan. Japan. Knock it off. He's in Russia. What's in Russia? What's in New Zealand? Kangaroos, but the president ain't gonna sit down and meet with him. What are you talking about? Just tell me this. If I go to the leader of Germany and I say... Good morning, Mr. Gesundheit. Why, did I sneeze? Who? The guy in Germany. Gesundheit. Knock it off. He's in Russia. Who's in Russia? Not unless they have a summit. What? What's in New Zealand? I don't know. Japan. Japan. Got it straight now? I think so. I go to South Korea and I see who. What's the name of the guy in New Zealand? I don't know, but he's in Japan. I get to China and I meet some guy. After that, I fly to Germany. I ask the name of the man I'm supposed to talk to and everybody tells me, Gesundheit. Knock it off, I says. But for that, I gotta go to Russia. Finally, I end up in London, and when I'm there, it's all right. See? It couldn't be simpler. Oh, I'm having a bad day. Well, maybe I can help. Get the hell out of my office. Why? That's the building down the street. They have a gym and workout facility. What? He's in New Zealand. Who's in New Zealand? No. What's in New Zealand? I don't know. Japan. Japan. Have you ever wondered what people in Washington would do if they ever had to get real jobs? Yes, hello. This is the president. I know. Takes a little getting used to for me, too. I'd like to schedule an appointment with Miss Waste, the milk lobbyist. That's her. The one with the big uh, personality. As soon as possible. Thank you. What kept you? I was being frisked by three burly men with the TSA. I didn't order them to frisk you. I did. <laughs> so, May. Uh, may I call you May? Call me whatever you like, Mr. President. Mm. Just make sure you call me. And you can call me your little boy toy. Oh. If you feel yourself getting carried away, just let me know. I'll send you a postcard. Ah, my sweetbread. Has anyone ever told you that you're as sensuous as a jello-filled jacuzzi? Sure. Really? Of course I was in a jacuzzi filled with jello at the time. I hear it's still wriggling. Oh, you're good. Oh, when I'm good, I'm very, very oh. good. And when I'm bad, I'm better. And when you're bad, I'm better. Then come melt on over here, big boy. <laughs> Can I have your ear, Mr. President? Mm. Your cute little ear, Mr. President. <laughs> it's so hard not to nibble and cool. Please do. Don't try to resist, Mr. President. This lobbyist has never been kissed, Mr. President. Oh. Well, that might be slightly untrue. <laughs> You're the only woman in this room for me. The love of my life, at least till ten after three. Mind if I adjust the shades? Now that's a lovely view. You're the one who sparks my desire. Must be my looks. No, just your signature I require. <laughs> Love at first grope, how illicitly fun. Yeah, the third man this week I've told He's the only one Love at first grow 
so lovely, so pure. Well, I'm not so sure about pure. But when you throw me those curves, I can hardly demure. Love at first grope. It takes a special man to make me feel this way. I'm kind of special. Well, lucky for you, he's out of town today. Do tell. Love at first grope. So exciting and new. He's scamming me. While I'm conning you, love at first grope. So what if it's not real? I accept your offer. Now let's close the <laughs> You've done this before, I gather. Oh, a lady never tells. And the gentlemen are usually too shell-shocked to speak. Well, now that's a purple heart I wouldn't mind getting. <laughs> so how's about you and me stepping out for a night of uh, romance? What did you have in mind, Mr. President? As if I don't know. Oh, I don't know. A day at the races? Hmm. A night at the opera? Uh-huh. A visit to Horse Feathers Restaurant for the coconuts or duck soup? Oh, are you asking me out or reciting your resume? Why don't I slip into something more comfortable? How about you? I'm comfortable. <laughs> then why don't I slip into you? Just go fresh enough, Mr. President. I'll wait right here. I'm pretty fresh already. Whatever you say, my little passion pot. <laughs> Gotta love executive privilege. Well, look at here. It's a painting of George Washington. If you were alive, Georgie boy, I'd set those wooden teeth on fire. <laughs> Miss Waste, what are you doing here? Well, I'm waiting for you, Mr. Fletcher. Where's the president? He's making himself presentable. That should give us at least a month. Has anyone ever told you you're as sensuous as a jacuzzi filled with jello? Uh, no. Then do I have plans for you, mister? Bring those big, broad shoulders over here. Miss Waste, this is the Oval Office. It deserves some respect. Yeah, tell that to Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> if you touch me in the right spot, I'll sing the Star-Spangled Banner. Oh, no, the, 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 the president could come back at any moment. Well, that would be inconvenient. I'm in love with another woman. Yeah. Has she ever kissed you like this? Mm, not really. Well, then, uh... How about like this? Mm. <laughs> Definitely not. Then I'm sure she never kissed you like this. <laughs> Jordan! Jessica! What are you doing? You know, don't answer that. So, is this the woman you said can't kiss like I do? You said that? I mean, yes, uh, I, I mean, no. Uh, I, I mean, uh, this is none of your business, Miss Waste. Uh, and I would appreciate you not interfering in my personal affairs. I thought I was your personal affair, Mr. Fletcher. Jordan. Miss Waste. Oh, May, your boy toy is back. Did I miss something? Not at all, Mr. President. Mr. Fletcher just suggested you and I take a walk in the West Wing. Good idea, Fletcher. You two carry on. Uh, as if. Come along, Miss Waste. 
Have I ever showed you my hairball collection? It's really quite impressive. Oh, I'd like to come up and see it sometime. Jessica, I know that may have looked bad, but really it was just some, you know. You don't have to say anything, Jordan. We're co-workers, nothing more. I have no right to judge you and your hopelessly narcissistic, predictably adolescent male behavior. I don't want to be just your co-worker. I want to be more. I love you. And when did you come up with that conclusion? When you were playing tonsil hockey with that oversexed lobbyist? Oh, damn it, Jessica. I have always loved you. Why do you think I followed you from job to job? Why do you think I gave up everything so I could stay by your side? I never asked you to. That's right. You never asked. You never asked me to do or be anything at all. You won't let any feelings mess up your perfect agenda, could you? I'm perfectly happy with my life, Jordan. I don't need to make apologies to you or any man. Oh, you never make apologies. You never make promises. In the past 10 years, you have never given me the slightest indication you felt anything for me at all. Let me get this straight. I find you wriggling on the desk of the President of the United States, swallowing the face of that woman, and suddenly it's my behavior that's in question? Jessica, I'm sorry. I should have let you know how I felt years ago. I mean, that's what the president told me uh, to do. You told I... that lunatic you've known for two hours what you couldn't tell me in ten years of working together? Well, yes, but you see, I... Mr. I, Fletcher, I've had quite enough of this conversation. Jessica, please, I, we can get past this. There's nothing to get past, Jordan. There never was. Jessica... Let me be clear, Mr. Fletcher. There never was. Maybe there never was anything for you, Jessica. But there has never been anything else for me. At least I'm not afraid to admit it. Well, I, I admit it now, since I, I told you and everything, but... <sighs> Goodbye, Jessica. Who could have known what was to be how did i miss what happened to me where did it start when did i fall why did my heart put me through it all i thought i Thought I had everything planned I would never be one of those dancers Who would follow the moves of a man But somehow it changed When I can't say I let someone in and someone why didn't I know how it would be? Was I so blind? Why couldn't I see? There's cruelty in his rent and his questions. A razor disguised in the doubt. you won't let slip out now what can i do where can i go who can i trust how will 
I left at the limit to chances I tried to pretend I was whole But somehow it changed When I can't say I let someone in Then someone went away How will it be when I decide to finally let all I'm holding inside I know I'll get through, somehow I'll survive Uncover that part of me still alive Oh, but not till that day will I let him hear The questions that haunt me Anybody in here? Uh-oh. I sure hope the national debt isn't too high to pay the electric bill. And let there be light. Isn't technology wonderful? Sorry, Dell. I'm going to marry Miss Waste. As soon as I make enough real money, that is. She's on her way to Fort Knox right now to pick out a wedding ring. So it looks like you're obsolete. No, don't monitor me like that and look at me all Google-eyed. It's best this way. After a while, you wouldn't have been turned on by my three-and-a-half-inch floppy. What can I say? I'm older than you think. Now the question is, how can I make some big money to support my new wife? I said, how can I make some big money to support my new wife? Ah, that's my cue. Mr. President, your three o'clock is here. Thank you, Jessica. Your timing is impeccable. But then again, I've always considered myself rather packable. May I introduce Mr. Fielding, Director of the Environmental Protection Agency. Ah, uh, thank you, my little chickadee. Maybe I could interest you in a little promenade along the Potomac after I drink my lunch. Uh, it might make for a, for an interesting diversion. Yes, yes, indeedy. Ugh, men. Uh, your press secretary seems a bit pressed off. Oh, don't mind her. She's on the rebound over me. So, Bill, you old horse's ascot, how did you end up in Washington? A curious tale, Mr. President, a curious tale. Uh, I was imbibing the spirits of inspiration on my favorite watering hole when I happened to mention that I knew you. Since I was the only one in town who'd admit to that sordid little detail, they gave me a title and a salary. Director of Environmental Protection. Eight figures plus expenses. What's that you're drinking? Expenses. I thought you didn't believe in work. Well, they gave me a government job at a ridiculous salary. Nobody said anything about work. Personally, I believe work is a noble institution meant for the less fortunate. Less fortunate? Yes, those afflicted with wives and children. There's a lot of that going around lately. A plague, my good man, a veritable plague. So you're with the Environmental Protection Agency, huh? Well, I guess that makes sense. Anytime I've ever seen you, you've usually been polluted. Ah, yes. Your wit knows no bounds, Mr. President. Of course, it knows no humor either, unfortunately. Oh, yeah? I could outwit you with half my brain tied behind my back. I admit you've always been more of a half-wit than me. Enough chatter, Bill. I have a country to run into the ground. So let's get down to business. How can I profit from the EPA? 
other than having you declared a toxic dump. It is rather propitious, you should ask, Mr. President. Very propitious indeed. I've set the elaborate minutiae of my lubricated brain to work on that very problem. And I have devised an answer to your present quandary. Let me guess. You're going to Velcro the hole in the ozone layer. Ah, don't knock the ozone depletion. Anything that fries children and dogs can't be all bad. Yes, yes indeed. So what is your big idea? A stroke of brilliance, Mr. President. You know about evolution, I presume? Of course. What kind of fool do you take me for? A long-standing one. Thank you. Don't mention it. If I remember correctly, evolution started 250 years ago, when George Washington helped the British become extinct in North America. They called it the American Evolution, the survival of the fattest, which means you should live forever. Ah, your mental prophylactics amaze even me, Mr. President. Allow me to elucidate. Think of evolution like a giant fruit-of-the-loom assembly line, and Mother Nature is Inspector 17. Her job is to look at all the underwear going by and pick out the shorts that don't work right. It's called natural selection. Those that fit snugly survive, and the odd lots become extinct. Like dinosaurs, dodo birds, lawyers with morals? Precisely. Our job at the EPA is to think we're smarter than Mother Nature and overrule all her decisions. If she decides a species isn't worth surviving, we spend mind-boggling amounts of money to prove her wrong, you see. Why? Years from now, do you want your grandchildren to have to go to a museum to see the world's last pair of defective underwear? Well, when you put it that way. When my department declares a species endangered, we make regulations to protect it. What's a regulation? Well, it's exactly like a law, but isn't. Why don't you just pass laws? Well, we can't. Only the legislative branch can pass a law. It's in the Constitution. So you pass regulations? By the thousands. Regulations? That are exactly the same as laws? Yes, yes, that's right, yes. And nobody gets a chance to vote on them? Correctamundo. And everybody has to follow them? No matter how crazy they may be? They can be arrested or fined if they don't. But they're not actually laws because Congress didn't pass them, huh? You've summarized the system beautifully, my friend. Yes, indeed. Indeed. So that whole taxation without representation thing is doesn't apply to anything a random bureaucrat makes up out of thin air or personal agenda. Ain't it delightful? Yes, yes. Wouldn't you know it? The craziest part of the play, and it's all true. Allow me to elucidate. Back in the day, Boston Tea Party say, colonists raised agitation. Mother England insisted and colonies resisted. No taxes without representation. Fast forward to now, please explain to me how we're back in the same situation. Millions of rules created by fools. Regulation is not legislation. Regulation, please do what we say. Regulation, or we'll put you away. It's the law of the land by decree. Yes, indeedy duty. Telling you right here, my friends. Regulation, yet you have no choice. Regulation, not even a voice. We assume that's how it should be. This perversion of democracy. Bureaucrats wet dream, you'll see. Regulation, got us by the bills. Regulation, they're exerting their wills over every part of our day. 
Regulation, some bureaucrat Regulation has taken control And now has the ultimate say On what you eat, drive, or pay But how did it end up this way? Regulation instead of legislation As I was saying before I was so rudely interrupted By your spontaneous civics lesson Thanks to this perversion of the Constitution, any government agency can pass whatever rules and regulations we want. And we can even put you in jail if you don't do what we say, yes. When we decide a species is endangered, we pass a regulation to protect it, you see. After that, anyone who threatens the species gets hit with a heavy fine. Like cutting down trees near a spotted owl. Correctamundo. Let's say, uh, phonetically speaking, uh, we declare a species in danger that people just aren't able to avoid. Like what? Moose? Elk? Shriners? Uh, house flies. Flies? An endangered species? Yeah, it wouldn't be that hard to find a few scientists in need of a generous government grant to back us up on that. We agencies can do amazing things with statistics. A few years ago, we hamstrung an entire city because it endangered a few beetles. Oh, but ugly little buggers, too. So if you pass this housefly law... Correction, this regulation... This housefly regulation, then every time someone swats a fly... They have to pay us, let's say, uh, $10,000. And if anyone tries to build a home within a fly's natural habitat... Which includes all of North America... <laughs> they'd have to pay an even bigger fine, <laughs> yes. A fly tax. I like it. Yeah, let's not use the word tax. We call it a contribution. They always fall for that one, yes. There's a tax payable on every minute. It's what makes this country great. I can see the billboards now. Save the flies. Win valuable prizes. Off the record, Bill, isn't this all a little bit Unethical? You cut me to the quick, Mr. President. After all, it depends on your definition of what is, is. Where have I heard that line before? Besides, it's only unethical if someone gets caught. Uh, who do you have running the Justice Department? Bonnie Fife. Well, then I'd say our ethics are beyond reproach. Yes, indeedy, yes, indeedy. Thanks to you, parents a generation from now won't have to explain to their snot-nosed little brats what a fly swatter was used for. Yes, every time they see roadkill swarming with insects, they'll think of you. Really? I know I do. I can have my people draw up the regulations immediately. WZ, it's a profit doing government with you. Oh, the profit is all mine. Yes, indeed. Let's see. Uh, Jessica, come in here for a moment. Yes, sir. Have you noticed a peculiar lack of flies around here lately? It's January. So, I'm pretty sure flies don't have calendars. I want you to leak a story to the press that says flies are becoming extinct. Flies, sir. Blame it on global warming or global cooling or global something or other. You must be joking. I don't think so. I usually know when I am. Uh, does this have anything to do with Mr. Fielding hitting the EPA? Stop being so suspicious. I don't have a dishonest bone in my body. Although I wouldn't trust my cartilage as far as I could throw it. If I only knew what my ligaments were up to, they have a tendon to stretch the truth. Mr. President, as your press secretary and the official White House spokesperson, I cannot simply fabricate stories. I do have my ethics. I have ethics too. 
but I never allow them to interfere with what I'm about to do. Besides, I'm not asking you to fabricate stories. Just make them up. Truth is a fungible thing. Trust me, I know what I sing. Just yell it's fake news, then they'll change their views. Truth is a fungible thing. Facts are a messy affair, so I pull them out of thin air. It helps to confuse, claim you win when you lose. Facts are a messy affair. What's a little white lie? A Twitter well-placed if it keeps voters still on your team. Promises made are so often delayed, just learn not to say what you mean. Truth is a pliable thing, more like a bungee cord spring. Don't fret or regret, it's more fun when you stretch it. Disinformation is king. Honesty's a relative thing, with an often nonsensical ring. Sometimes indefensible or incomprehensible, honesty's a relative thing. Truth has a malleable side, I don't even know when I lie. A falsehood forgivable makes life more livable, truth has a malleable side. What's a little white lie, a Twitter well-placed if it keeps voters still on your team? Promises made are so often delayed, just learn not to say what you mean. I never say what I mean. <laughs> Mr. President, I still can't You know, Fletcher was right. He told me you had the most beautiful eyes you'd ever seen. Jordan said that? Yes. He babbles for hours about your dazzling intellect and sensuous personality, but says he can't find enough words to describe that mesmerizing sparkle in your eye. <laughs> mesmerizing sparkle. Stiff, proper Jordan said that? Hard to believe. I know. He kept on for hours about how he can't live without you, and nothing in his life makes any sense without you in it. I've never seen a man so wretchedly in love. The same Jordan who was kissing that oversexed lobbyist said that? He didn't have a choice. I ordered him to warm up her lips for me. And you know Jordan could never refuse anything the President of the United States might ask. Well, he does take his job seriously. Not as seriously as his love for you. I bet right now he's working on another love poem. Another love poem? He has a whole stack of them. That man really has a way with words. Are we talking about the same Jordan Fletcher here? Brown hair, this tall, clumsy with women? The man you love. The man I love? There. Was that so hard to admit? The man I love. That's right. The man you love. After all. He's more than the sum of his parts. I hardly know where to start. All of his attributes are so damnably cute. He's more than the sum of his parts. He's more than the sum of his parts. He charmed his way into my heart. Maybe I should explore how much I adore. He's more than the sum of his parts. So much more than the sum of his parts. Now why don't you run along and leak that little fly story for me? Excuse me, Mr. President. Miss Woodard, you have to prepare for today's press briefing. The reporters are filing in already. Sure thing, Mr. Fletcher. Uh, Jordan. What's the matter with you? I've suddenly realized I love popcorn. Really? Really. Ah, lovebirds. Now why don't you two run along? I've got work to do. Now where's that phone? Now get me CNN. Yes, I hope. Yes, this is a highly reliable source named, oh, I don't know, uh, Fred or, or Irving maybe. Okay, that's good too. 
You should know about a conspiracy to drive flies into extinction. The FBI is conspiring with corporations that make insect repellent. You think that would make a good news story? Really? I hadn't thought of that. Hey, Obo. He's on the telephone. Gotta go. Uh, that was a collect call from the Psychic Friends Network. They knew I'd accept the charges. Okay. Uh, why are you crouched by the door? You hiding from someone? No, why are you asking? Oh, no reason. Lose something? No. Did someone else lose something? Now that's a possibility. And did the something or someone lost end up in Hobo's pocket? Funny thing, we can't figure out why people keep shoving the stuff in his pocket like that. Go figure. So, if it isn't Senator Subsidy and the Speaker of the House? It isn't. If you aren't the Senator of the Cabinet, who are you this time? The Atomic Energy Commission? Now I had a fallout with my boss. He was getting a critical and said that my desk was a mess. <laughs> and they were always having me run the people all over the city. Uranium here, uranium there. Pretty soon it was uh, all blew up into my face. I wouldn't know how to react to that. I'm glad that's a your line. So what other jobs have you had? Majority whip? Couldn't afford the black leather boots. Secretary of the Inferior? They said I wasn't qualified. Secretary of Labor? Too much of work. Besides, after seeing Mama go through labor, ain't no way I'm gonna do that. Supreme Court Justice? I heard there wasn't any. Secretary of Comas? I was asleep when the job was passed out. Well, I'm fresh out of straight lines. I give you a hint. I pay people not to grow things. Family planning? Secretary of Agriculture. I pay millions to farmers in Nebraska not to grow a wheat. I pay millions to farmers in Iowa not to grow corn. And I pay millions to farmers in Kentucky not to grow tobacco. Getting all those people not to work must be a tough job. Yeah, but somebody's got to do it. So, what do I owe the pleasure of your visit this time? And I use pleasure in the complete opposite sense of the word. Oh, uh, we didn't mean to bug you. Really? He says he's feeling a bit swarm. Does he now? He says maybe you better check if your flyers are open. I get the feeling you're trying to tell me something. Okay, we know all about this house fly scam. We thought uh, maybe you want to make us a partners in the deal. Well, why would I do that? He's the Uncle Wilbur runs a fly farm in uh, Alabama. How do you breed flies? Yeah, the usual. You take them out to dinner, a little dancing, compliment their eyes. They love that. I knew there was a little pest in his family. In a good year, Uncle Wilbur, he can breed uh, 10 or 20 zillion flies on his uh, farm. It's gonna be hard to say those little darlings are gonna extinct with 20 zillion new bambinos buzzing around. And I suppose you have a solution? Sure. As Secretary of Agriculture, I make sure Uncle Wilbur gets a nice government subsidy not to breed the flies. A subsidy not to breed flies? Uh, we could even put the tariff on flies imported from China. Of course. We have to protect American insects from foreign competition. Hey, if we don't, the Japanese, uh, they are gonna make them faster and cheaper. They could corner the annoying insect market. Present company accepted, of course. You realize we're talking about billions of dollars with this fly tax? A billion here, a billion there. Sooner or later, you're talking real money. Gentlemen, I think we have a deal. I believe you owe the government $10,000. No, no, I, I don't think it's a fly. That look like a fly to you? Damn. About that $10,000 fine. He ate it. Let him pick up the check. We'll say that one's on the house. Or at least the Senate. Now help me write my speech for CNN. Okay, you got a pen? No, but I'm sure he has. Is that all?
I'd like to take him with me the next time I'm looking for a new car. On top of that, he's stealing the scene. Now let me think. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm. Oh, that's a good. Dotting your eyes. Now dotting your eyebrows. Do you want to write this? I know can write. What did he say? He said that you spelled philatelist wrong. I'm not trying to spell philatelist. I'm trying to spell fly. It's okay, then. There. All done. Oh, that's a good. How do you know? I said I know can write. I know say I know can read. Everybody's a critic. Jordan, can you get everyone in here? I want some feedback on my speech before I deliver it to the press. Thank you all for coming. I like your reaction to my new State of the Onion address. I guarantee it'll bring tears to your eyes. Forced nor and seven minutes ago, us four flushes brought forth upon this continent a new degradation, deceived its citizenry, and dangled the proposition that all minds are created equal. Now we have engaged in a great civil wasteocracy, testing whether our nation or any nation, so deceived and so emasculated, can so much endure. Voters will little note no long remember what we say here, but they will spend years paying for what we do here. It is a bother for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us. But from your paychecks, we demand increased contributions and the last full measure of your earnings. We try to fool you Our spending marches on That we highly resolve the budget Will not be balanced again That this nation, underfoot Shall be newly bereft of freedom And that a government above the people That'll lie to the people Yet abhor the people Shall now profit for all we're worth my eyes have seen the raving of U.S. prosperity With the laws and regulations paid by you and not by me But we know we won't be blamed because of voter apathy Our spending marches on Lordy, how we try to fool y'all Lordy, how we try to fool y'all for making a mockery of this country. There are hundreds of millions of honest Americans who still believe in the principles this nation was founded on. Freedom, dignity, honor, hard work, personal integrity. Principles each of you scoff at with your deceitful actions. Jessica, remember your position. I have, Jordan. But I also remember that I am a citizen of this country first and an employee of this government second. I know most people would rather vote for a pretty face than a courageous soul, but that's going to change. We will clean up this government and get rid of every politician who is incompetent, greedy, and corrupt. I am so tired of all the water gates and white waters, travel gates, virus gates, Trump gates, and whatever gates. 
I am so sick of earmarks, backroom deals, pork barrel projects, and runaway spending. Does that mean she didn't like my speech? No, sir, I did not. And I am going to walk right into that press conference next door and blow the whistle on your dirty little scheme. Jessica, you can't do that. I have to, Jordan. Democracy isn't a spectator sport. I thought you of all people would finally wake up and see that it's time to stop letting all these clowns and crooks and con artists run our country. Now, if you will all excuse me, I have a statement to make. Gentlemen, I believe it would be in our best interest if we restrain Miss Wooded before she talks to the press. No! No, you have to stop! Leave it alone! Get off her! Stop it! Leave her alone! Get off her! Stop it! Leave her alone! The excitement is growing, spread the word, there's a new wind blowing, a new face in town. History is made today, there's a change in the White House, a new leader of the USA. No, no, leave, leave her alone. You can't, Jordan? no. Jordan, what? what? Jordan, what are you doing? The new president will be here any minute. I, oh, I, no, why? I must, I must have drifted off to sleep. How can you sleep at a time like this? Jessica, I had the worst nightmare. We were in the White House, just like now, and all of the politicians were clowns and crooks or, or con artists. It was terrible. We can discuss the psychological implications of your nightmare another time. Right now, we have to make sure everything is in place for the president's arrival. Jessica... Wait. What now, Jordan? Okay. What was that for? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I've waited ten years to do that. I didn't want to let another moment slip by without letting you know how I feel. And how exactly do you feel? I love you, Jessica. I always have. You expect me to be surprised? You knew? You're a terrific chief of protocol, Jordan Fletcher. However, you're not exactly subtle when it comes to hiding your feelings. <laughs> so I've heard. What? Oh, nothing. Just a silly dream. So where does this leave us, Jessica? Will we ever have a future together, or do I have to follow you around Washington like some lovesick puppy for another decade or two? Get a hold of yourself, Fletcher. We have a job to do. Okay, you're right. I'm sorry. We can discuss the kiss over dinner. I'll pick you up at eight. Really? Try to wear something a little less stuffy, okay? I can do that. Jessica, sorry. One more thing. I know this may sound a little strange, but who exactly are we waiting for? President Trump, of course. No! Wake me up! Wake me up! Wake me up! Our play is done, but we're still nervous. Those in charge, they barely serve us. Let's demand the best come the next election day. Make a change for our country with new leaders for the USA. Let's make a change for our country, a change for our country, a change for our country.
You've been listening to A Day at the White House, The Sparks Brothers Go to Washington, presented by Academy Arts Entertainment and the Senseless Bickering Comedy Theater. Book and lyrics by Vin Morreale Jr. Music by Eric B. Sirota. Starring Bo Solly as Crenshaw Sparks, Dwight Turner as Jordan Fletcher, Sarah Turner Holland as Jessica Woodard, Randy Davidson as W.Z. Fielding, Gary Crockett and Will Adams as Cabot and Oddfellow, Stephen Preston, Rick Busey, and Bo Solly as The Three Stupids, Vin Morreale as Cheeto Sparks, and featuring Barb Polk as Mae Weist. Our chorus of senators, reporters, and Washington insiders included John C. E. Arnold, Amber Hurst, Gary Crockett, Tracy Bond Bird, Sarah Turner Holland, and the Fredettes. Musical directors, Kim Aberly and Fred Bogart. Musical recording engineers, Fred Bogart and J.D. Miller. Piano on Love at First Girl, performed by J.D. Miller. For stage and screen performance rights for A Day at the White House, the Sparks Brothers go to Washington, please contact Vin at AcademyArts.com. That's Vin at AcademyArts.com. I'm Craig Mueller, reminding you not to take your politics too seriously, since today's politicians don't seem to either. A production of Academy Arts Entertainment. All rights reserved.